Cowell, academic advisor in the College of Sciences and Mathematics. And I'm Jonathan Hallward, academic advisor in the College of Liberal Arts. And this is the award-winning Advising 2-Bits podcast. Where we enhance, but not replace, your academic advising experience here at Auburn University. So today we're joined by Susan McAllister. She's the Director of Campus Safety and Compliance and Ashley Gann, she's the public information officer. I know that y'all are very busy. Here we are the day before a home football game, first home football game of the season, and I'm sure that y'all are inundated with a lot of things. So thank y'all for taking the time to be with us today. Tell us a little bit about the Department of Campus Safety and Security here at Auburn University. We partner very closely with the City of Auburn Public Safety, and we contract with them for law enforcement and fire services, and then Campus Safety and Security handles emergency management, security services, and compliance efforts for the university. I guess one big difference that we do, the way we do things here versus maybe some other campuses is other campuses have a campus police department. And when I was in school here, we still had a AUPD. What's the difference between the two? And, you know, how is it that the way we're doing it, what does that benefit? I think it's a great relationship. We actually have a precinct for the Auburn Police It's the university precinct that's housed with Campus Safety and Security in the Campus Safety and Security building. Very close partnership. Officers are assigned to campus. They come here and report every day. They know the campus, but also they interact with the officers throughout the city. They're exchangeable. We can get extra resources very easily, whether students are on or off campus. When they're contacting the police by calling 911, they're getting the same agency that's responding. The resources and the capacity for which we can keep students safe and faculty and anyone who visits the university. That relationship is kind of bolstered by us having more of a partnership with Auburn Police Department versus our own campus police. So the resources that we can pull from are much greater, which makes our job much more effective. So something that I know exists is the Auburn Safety app. Can you tell us a little bit about the app and how students can use that? Yeah, well, our app is just one of our really the most valuable resource. And this is generally what we tell students as they enter campus to download this first. That's where they can get their alerts. And one of the things that I really like about our safety app is I'm pulling it up here. It has a tremendous amount of resources on here, but you can utilize things like our security shuttle and you can use the tab on your Auburn safety app. And that will utilize the um, ability to use our security shuttle. That's from 6 p.m. to 7 a.m. every day. And uh, now those hours do change during football. Yeah, just on Saturdays of football games, they do adjust based on the time the the game is over and the traffic has cleared because certainly we can't be out operating in the middle of all of that. But um, they do get operating as quickly as they can after the game is over. Auburn Safety App is one of the best ways to get the AU alert messages and anybody can get it. Family, friends, anybody who wants to download that app, it is free. Uh, Last I looked, we had about 25,000 subscribers. So it's got a wide audience. And those AU alert messages go immediately to the app. It's one of the quickest ways to get notification, that and text messages. And so we really encourage people to utilize it for that as well as for the other resources that are in there. One of the things I really like about it is that we can also modify the resources. So if people see something that they think is missing or if they want us to adjust the content, they have some great suggestion we haven't thought about, they can let us know and we can see if we can incorporate that. There's a friend walk button on here. And I don't know if many people use this, but it's a Mm -hmm. great tool if you want to kind of drop a pin and let a friend know where you're walking to and from and that you made it to your destination. 
safely, essentially. And Susan and I talk a lot about this in campus safety, but campus safety is really a, a proactive measure. It's a partnership between the people mm-hmm. that are here and campus safety. So it's us working together to keep each other safe. And so this is just one more of those tools that you can use kind of as an accountability feature from friend to friend or, you know, even a, a, a student to, you know, somebody you may not know well, but just enough to say, hey, I got here safe. So, you know, doing doing our part, everybody kind of doing their part to keep each other safe on campus. That's awesome. I see that there's other resources that are available in the app. Is there a way that students can report something through the app as well? Yes, they can. There's a submit a tip function in there, but that is not monitored 24-7. So we really encourage them, of course, if it's an emergency, if it's a crime in progress, if they need help immediately for their safety, they need to dial 911. Don't hesitate to do that. They can dial 911 through the app as well if they have the app open and they want to just push that button it'll dial it from for them and then if they want to submit a tip about a safety concern maybe they see an area that's um, a lights out it's dark or there's overgrown landscaping they want to report that one thing that's been here as long as i've been here is uh, emergency poles those are they dial 911 dispatch center at the city directly so you press that button it's going to go straight to the dispatch center it has the location of the blue light phone programmed in so the dispatcher knows where to send an officer so it's triggers a very quick response the blue light flashes and that gives others an, an indication as well as the responding officers that something's going on in the area the speaker stays open for the duration of the call the dispatcher is the only one that can disconnect that so even if something's happening and the person who pushed it can't do anything can't respond the dispatcher can still listen to what's going on in the area and then we also have a camera operations center that operates 24 hours a day they listen to these calls over the radio and they can pull up cameras in the area and help feed that information to the responding officers so that they have a picture of what's happening in the area. Can you tell us a little bit about AU Alert? It has been around since 2007. It is used for emergency notification only. There's there's some confusion really. I think, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter exactly what you call it. I think our students call everything that we send out as notification AU Alert. AU Alert technically is for emergencies that require immediate action on your behalf for your safety. Uh, So it's an emergency happening or about to happen on campus. So things that are happening off campus, we are not sending AU Alert for. And we use outdoor warning sirens, indoor public address, text messages, the app, voice messages, email, social media, website postings, digital displays, uh, desktop alerts. So we we want to reach people no matter where they are. And, and Ashley can talk a little bit more about why that's so important. But before that, I just want to touch on the other part of our notification is um, we have campus safety notices and campus safety advisories. And so Notices and advisories look the same, basically. They come out by email and social media. Notices are about a crime that happened on campus that there may be an ongoing threat to people. We want them to be aware. It's not at the same level as an emergency. And then the advisories are more informational. Yeah, and one of the reasons that's important, we were talking about getting multiple messages and the reason that we kind of, we cast our net wide as far as those messaging options is some research that I've been a part of over the last decade has shown that now people need at least 
three ways of getting a message to verify before they take action. So let's use weather as an example. You know, 20 years ago, we would watch a meteorologist on TV tell us there's a tornado warning and we would get to shelter immediately because that's what was told to us. So we would take action immediately. That would have been one messaging source. Well, now we have found that not only do you need someone maybe on TV telling you, you need an app notifying you or you need mama calling you. So there may be three different ways that you need to receive that message. The first one, and really kind of mentally how it works now, is you see it first, you're made aware. Oh, I need to be aware something's happening. Well, the second one, it becomes more serious. So now you start going through an action plan. But the third one is the one you finally take the action. So the reason we utilize so many different ways of getting this word out is so that we make sure that we don't miss an opportunity to message people so that they can take action. Because ultimately, the really the, the goal of campus safety is to make sure that you're taking action. It's not just uh, just an informative department. We want to make sure if there is a crisis or an emergency and we deliver that message that we know on the other end, it's being not only being received, but it's being received and something's being done about that messaging too. And think about even just the evolution of our technology over the last 5, 10, 15 years, all these different channels by which we get information, whether it's in the digital capacity, the social media capacity, the on-air, on radio, you have all these different ways of getting information. So now you're trying to meet people where they are, where... 20 years ago, it might have been radio and TV. And yeah. social media was just that. You had to have a .edu uh, right. uh, you know, email address <laughs> before you could even have all this other stuff. So you really, even from a campus safety standpoint, we have to think about that. We think about how do we meet the people where they are, not assuming that everyone's going to use the same mode sure. to receive that messaging. But then there's also a balance because you can also cast that net so wide, it becomes white noise. And then you don't want people to not respond and become right. complacent. So there's definitely a balance. And and that's why I've been a part of this research for the last 10 years, kind of evolving some of these communication tools and best practices. How would it impact class? People worry about, oh, I've got a test. I've got, you know, an attendance to keep in this class and I don't want to be counted absent. How does campus events like this impact class attendance, test policies, things like that? So classes are suspended for the duration of an emergency unless you're in a safe location already. And I say that because for a long time, we didn't have any classrooms that were in storm shelter areas, but now we do have a few areas like nursing. One of their large lecture halls is actually also the shelter area for the building, and so they could stay in there safely and continue to teach. But otherwise, if you're not in a if your classroom doesn't have that storm shelter marking on the outside, then you're going to get up and go to the shelter area for the duration of the tornado warning. Or if there's an evacuation, obviously you're going to evacuate for the duration of the emergency. Or if you have to secure in place for some kind of an active threat, then classes are going to be suspended and the faculty will work with you to figure out the details to make sure that you can succeed in, in whatever assignment or exam you're scheduled to have during that time. I know that there is a safe zone exchange out by the precinct for the department, which you guys also share. Yeah, so this would be for anybody making any type of, let's say, an exchange or a sell on Facebook marketplace, and they want a safe place to pick up whatever they bought or sold. And correct me if I'm wrong, we could even do like custody exchanges there too. Right. It doesn't just have to be something you purchased online. They are well-lit 
parking spaces that are also well marked. And so you can park there and they're under surveillance 24 hours a day. So you can come day or night and uh, make that exchange safely. And of course, if you did need help, you're right there at the precinct. So there's an officer nearby. You can you can come in the building to report a concern. And Ashley mentioned the custody exchange. You know, we have seen that happen, especially with students who are um, have broken up with their significant other, and maybe they have some property of each other's, and they just it was not amicable, and they don't feel safe really going somewhere private. Then that's a safe place they can come to exchange their their belongings. And there's also a substation for the police department in the student center. Can you tell students about that and how they can find it? Sure. Yeah, we don't talk as much about the substation. I'm glad you asked about that. So, yes, they do. Uh, It's nice and convenient. It's right there in the student center on the bottom level uh, across from the stadium. So right near the transit area. And they're generally in there from seven to seven. There is an emergency phone on the outside. So if you go there and there's nobody there and you need help, you can pick that up and it's going to dial the dispatcher. So you can still always reach somebody if you go to that location. But it gives students the ability and employees the ability to walk in and just talk with somebody and file a report if they want to in a more convenient location. Another thing that I'm a part of or have been a part of for years is C-CERT or Campus CERT. Yeah, so this is something that started in the community. So there's a community emergency response team, and the Lee County EMA has a training program for that. So people can also engage in that if they're interested outside of campus. The campus community emergency response team is very similar. So the community team, it's looking at yourself, your family, your neighborhood, Mm -hmm. taking care of people in that order when there's a crisis that's too large for the first responders to immediately respond to. And so on campus, it's taking care of yourself, your immediate coworkers, and then your building. And so it's a a two-and-a-half-day or so training program that gives you skills, as you know, to more effectively respond to those large-scale emergencies and also to help with evacuation and sheltering during the the standard emergencies, I'll call them, the short-duration tornado warnings or um, fire alarm evacuations. And so we talk about CERT in Camp War Eagle. We talk about it in our employee emergency preparedness training. We have a slide that we show to let people know when they see somebody dressed with this fluorescent green vest and maybe a hard hat that says CERT that those folks are trained and they should follow their instructions during an emergency. They're also kind of a force multiplier for us. So a lot of times when we've had situations where the police have had to respond or the fire departments had to respond, they've called in our campus CERT members to help keep a perimeter, keep people away from the building. And so it's a nice resource for our first responders as well. The ideal goal is to create the least amount of time between an emergency and between a response. And you kind of realize how you all work together. And that's really campus safety in a nutshell, too. I mean, that's exactly what we do. It's all of those different players. It's the... It's the campus safety piece. It's the Auburn Police Department piece. Mm-hmm. It's the dispatch piece. It's once that call comes in, how do we get that information to the right people to make a quick decision so that the students are safe ultimately? Well, I, I think that goes back to our question before about why we don't have Auburn University Police Department. It's one less one less piece of link breakdown that it you really have is. to communicate yeah. with, which makes it a little bit like that that much safer for campus and to be here. Streamlines yeah. the communication. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So. 
it also reminds me of 9-11 because that was one of the big takeaways was that the two group, the different groups in New York were mm-hmm. not on the same yep. frequencies. And so, I mean, it's, it's always interesting to see where you start and where you, where you are and mm-hmm. how you got there and, yep. and the big points in, you know, because I think the tornadoes and uh, what, 2011, was mm-hmm. that right? In Tuscaloosa, I yep. think that that comes back as a sticking point, at least locally, yep. um, of when changes started happening. I think about, at least in higher ed, Virginia Tech, mm-hmm. when, uh, and that's a point that things started changing. It's always good to see that when tragedy happens, that something good comes out of it. We have a lot of students who live out on Webster Road in that mm-hmm. area that might live in trailers. Mm-hmm. And what's in place for students who might live out there? Yeah, so we open Green Hall at the College of Veterinary Medicine and the library whenever there's a tornado watch for Lee County, Alabama. Auburn University is in Lee County. The watch is issued for the entire county. As soon as that's issued, we open those two buildings. The library is often open anyway, but even if it's closed, we open it up. And then the uh, Green Hall will allow pets as well. I was about and- to ask that because I know <laughs> students would want to be with their pets pet and not leave them behind. So that's great to know. Yeah. And and they just need to make sure it's restrained. So we've had upward of 700 people at Green Hall before during a a really severe outbreak. And we've had snakes, dogs, cats, birds, (laughs) you know, so you want to make sure they're um, restrained and that you bring water and food because you might be there for four to eight hours, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. sometimes we've had them extended over and over. So having some things with you that you can keep yourself busy and your pet busy with. But we do like to have that option for anybody. It's not just for students or employees. It's for the community community. as well. That's great. So a watch means conditions are favorable. It means there's ingredients out there that could produce a tornado. It means we need to watch the conditions. That's when you really need to make sure that your notifications are turned on on your phone, but you can go about your daily business under a watch. As soon as that watch becomes a warning, that means that the threat is immediate. And that means that something is ongoing. Like let's say Lee County is under a tornado warning and a part of campus or the city of Auburn is under that warning. That means take immediate action, get to your shelter immediately. So I like to say when there's a tornado watch issued, know what you would do. Start going through that mental checklist. Know what you would do in case of an emergency, but go about your day. But know when or if a warning is issued, I know exactly what to do because I've gone through that checklist periodically throughout the day. That's important because tornado watches are issued and it's a beautiful sunny day. And right. I know that that quickly desensitizes people and they're like, right. oh, why is there a watch? But I always say it's it's the favorability part. So the watch right. is what we use as that buffer to say, hey, Things are starting to ramp up. Meteorologists are starting to see the possibility of this happening later in the day. We want to go ahead and prep you and make you aware because a lot of times, especially in severe weather, it will go from a sunny day to a stormy day very quickly. quickly. That's the nature of how it all works. As I said, we have the precinct. We work hand in hand down the hall from each other uh, with Auburn police, but they also have an immediate notification process with us. And so they have a list of things that they have to call us immediately on if 24 hours a day. So of course, things like active shooter or a fire on campus or some kind of a major emergency or an incident involving violence against a student, whether it's on or off campus. And so we have protocols to deal with those once we receive those and get those notifications out. And then also every day they share their reports from the previous day with us. And then we go through all of those and evaluate 
what that means as far as safety on campus. We add any crimes onto our crime log. We have a daily crime log on our website that's accessible to the public, and you can see what's happening contemporaneously almost. That's a really important piece of our public information that I think a lot of people don't know about is the crime log. And then we also are looking for any affiliation with the university in each of these reports. And maybe we have a situation where somebody's expressed suicidal ideation and it's a student. Well, we're going to share that information with Auburn Cares so they can reach out to that student and make sure that they're okay or if a a student has a medical emergency on campus. Student Affairs, Auburn Cares is going to get that and is going to follow up. If a student is arrested, student conduct will get that information. If it's a Title IX violation, then that will be passed on to them to follow up and potentially do an investigation. So that's how the information kind of flows in once it's reported to the police to campus safety, and then follow-up is done across campus. We have active shooter training all the time for for faculty and staff, I, I know, and they were like, but did they do it for students? Can you talk a little bit about what Auburn is doing, what Auburn has in place? It's really hard to get students to come to that. That's the, the big thing. We offer it. We offer it every semester, several times a semester, and have a very hard time getting people in the seats. You know, so it's it's very hard to get people to think about it until sure. it's very current. One of the reasons that we have Ashley's position, the public information officer position, is to to help us come up with creative ideas sure. to get more engaged with campus. Because as Ashley mentioned, like it doesn't do us any good to give you information if you don't do anything with it. And so it's all about trying to get people to take that action. We have a ton of resources, a ton. And I've, I've learned that just in my little time here so far, you know, how do we get that in the right hands? And does everybody need all of the services that we offer? Maybe yes, maybe no. And then how do we, how do we navigate that messaging in the most effective way? But I think what's really neat that I've learned is just how much we do offer our students, our Mm -hmm. faculty, our staff, as long as you're willing to kind of meet us in the middle, we've got classes that you can take. We come to tabling events where we're really trying to educate the students and the staff mm-hmm. on who we are, what what services that we offer. I mean, there's there's a, just a ton of value that we have. And that's just outside of the, I think a lot of times people think campus safety patrolling, campus right. safety, right. you know, but there's just so much more that we do to help students. And we really, at the end of the day, our goal is to give people an, an exceptional college experience on the safest campus possible. Absolutely. For me, it's really about establishing relationships, getting involved, as Ashley said, engaging with our office and other offices, asking for help when you need it, helping each other. It's really being that active part of the Auburn family so that we're all helping each other to create the safest campus possible. I would also add on to that too, kind of mentioning what Susan said, is that education piece. We often don't know what you don't know. We've got a lot that we can offer. So don't ever be afraid to look on our website, look at our app and reach out to us. If you have any questions whatsoever, reach out to Campus Safety. And we're not talking about just for an emergency or, or a, an incident, but just kind of overall, if if you're walking to and from class and you're thinking, hey, should I be looking out for something? Is there a way I can be more safe? Don't ever hesitate to reach out because the reality is 
we have students from all over the globe, which is beautiful that Auburn has uh, all these wonderful people here. And in kind of a sidebar story, I met a family from California and they were so concerned about tornadoes. You know, they don't have tornadoes mm-hmm. in California. So you have to realize there's a lot of people here from a lot of different parts of the U.S., a lot of parts, different parts of the world. And so safety looks very different mm-hmm. to a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something we also try to keep in mind. And that's why we offer so many resources resources is because sometimes it's just the optics of a situation. Some people may think that, you know, they're completely safe and fine while others might be scared and it may be the same exact situation. So how we educate people is very important, but we can only educate you if you can come to us and say, hey, we need help understanding this a little bit more. Uh, but to Susan's point, it's it's all about collaboration. We're in this together. Campus Safety wants to help you as much as we can, provide you all the resources in the world. And our only ask in return is that you're helping each other. If you see something, say something. Keep, you know, keep up with your friends keep up with your neighbors, keep an eye on each other. And that's really the Auburn spirit Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And that's why we love Auburn so much. And if somebody did want to reach out to your office, how can they get a hold of you? Stop by anytime. We're open 24-7. We're at 543 West Magnolia across from the old Mama Goldbergs or just down the street from the old Mama Goldbergs. You can also call us 334-844-8888. Contact us through the Auburn Safety app. Follow us on social media at Auburn Safety across all the platforms. The Auburn PSD app, which is the Auburn City of Auburn Public Safety Department. Mm-hmm. And they really work hand in hand together because we're going to only notify about things that are happening on campus. And they're going to notify about things that are happening in the city. And people are coming and going between the two all the time. And so they're, they're great companion apps. And I really encourage everybody to get both. And I would say maybe the Lee County EMA, any of their social media, and also the Auburn Police social media, you can follow there. We tend to share a lot of information, but the goal is that we're all on the same page. But, you know, there may be aspects of what we do that's a little bit different. So it just gives people an idea. And for people who aren't from around here, Auburn, and I think you mentioned it earlier, is in Lee County. That's important to know. So if there's ever bad weather and they say Lee County, you know, oh, that's the county I live in. Every year we publish an annual security and fire safety report. That's a federally required report, but it includes information, including three years worth of crime statistics, three years worth of fire statistics for our on-campus student housing, all kinds of additional information about policies, programs, procedures. It includes uh, a lot about sexual violence and related offenses. And so we encourage people to check that out because it contains a lot of the information all in one source. And, And we have that for each of our areas that are considered separate campuses. And so that includes the airport, fisheries. Uh, We've got places across the state, uh, Rural Studio, Harris Early Learning Center in Birmingham, several others. We've got one campus in Italy. And so we've got all of that contained in that report. Please check that out. And this concludes today's episode of the Advising Two Bits podcast. We want to thank our guests and you, the listener, for joining us. We hope this information will be beneficial in your next advising meeting. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen so you can be notified the next time new material is available. The Advising 2 Bits podcast is produced by Adam McGee in the College of Agriculture. 